Garrett, thanks for thanks for joining this this podcast. Really excited. Um, before we get started, why don't you tell me what is NTS Retail and and what are you in charge of there? Hi Scott, so thank you very much and uh, thanks for the invite as well. So my name is Gerd, Gerd Eberhardt, I'm with NTS Retail and uh, we are a software vendor mainly focused on uh, on providing software for telecom operators, uh, mainly also for the store part of the telecom operation. Uh, so uh, we are doing this since, since quite some time. So the company started as a startup like uh, in 1997, so it's uh, more than 20 years ago. Uh, with three people, not in a garage, but uh, in a in an old store that wasn't used anymore, in a small grocery store, uh, just a few meters from where I'm now. Uh, our headquarter now is a little bit bigger, so uh, we are located in uh, Linz. So, like, in, it's in Austria. It's in the middle between Salzburg and Vienna. For those who you might know these cities a little bit better, uh, and yeah, we are here and uh, have a lot of some customers in about 20 countries at the moment, uh, mainly telecom operators uh, for now, and we are kind of expanding uh, our business. That's cool. And so it, it, you have an interesting background, um, you know, formal background in software engineering, research and innovation, but you're also a lecturer at, at university. Tell us about your career trajectory from research to product management at, at NTS. Sure. So I was always interested in computers. So like uh, from a child age on, and uh, it was very soon clear to me that I have to study something with computers. So software engineering uh, was my goal. And uh, yeah, and uh, finished this in 2000, 2008, uh, and then continued maybe in the career path of the university for five years. I was a scientific assistant uh, trying to get my PhD but then realized, uh, oh no, I, I, I will never finish it. Uh, I'm more interested in being with customers and, and on site and not sitting in some room writing some about some theory. So yeah, so then after five years, it was very good experience and I learned a lot uh, and I had the chance to always be very close to customers because we had a lot of customer projects also in university. And uh, yeah, then I had the chance to start at Antis Retail. So like in 2013, I, I switched from university uh, to Antis Retail, uh, started in the innovation department of Antis Retail. So uh, it was its own team uh, building like new stuff, trying out new things, uh, getting, trying to get a better feel what the market really needs uh, and, and building very heavily prototypes and, and going out with them to our customers and to our customers' customers, so like the end customer. Uh, yeah, and uh, then I was heading this department uh, and now I took it with me to the product management here at NTS Retail. So we were kind of building these, these prototypes and these new ideas for some years now. So seven years it is, and uh, now I see as that these ideas come to life and uh, and are in place at some of our customers already. So that's good to see for me. <laughs> that's incredible. And so having that formal engineering background, do you think your approach is different when when managing product than than other product leaders? I don't. Re I can't really tell if it is that much different. But uh, uh, I hope uh, that I'm. Uh, a little bit closer with the customer and getting their ideas and and making sure they are not lost in the way so 
uh, having a kind of a process how you you want to set up a, a prototype and how much you would invest in prototyping such ideas uh, of course that's something i also learned at university and i'm very glad for that and uh, hope that i can do a good job here as well <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And so let's let's flip over to product management in, in telco retail. Um, you know, the last few months have been kind of chaotic for, for I think every company and in, in every industry, including telco. How is how has COVID impacted Austria and, and NTS retail in particular? Yes, we were we were hit actually quite early. Uh, so we got kind of Austria got kind of infamous for spreading COVID-19 in ski resorts. So Ischgl, for example, uh, yeah, that's not the, the best, uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, but uh, on the other hand, we had the chance to react quite early. So uh, what our government did, they, uh, they did, they made the lockdown quite early. So we started at mid of March, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, and we had it ongoing for almost a month. So we were really not allowed to go outside, uh, do anything uh, besides doing groceries or visiting a doctor. Um, and also this impacted our company. We were still allowed to go to work. So it's, it wasn't that strict as you might have heard from Italy, uh, where they even shut down really the whole uh, industry. Or the, yeah. And so uh, we had the chance, of course, in NTS retail to still go on with our projects. Uh, we were very glad that also a lot of our customers continued working on the projects we are currently on with them. Uh, so we had the chance to continue work quite smoothly from home. Uh, so we switched from one day to the other, the whole, uh, all employees <laughs> to the home office. And uh, yeah, uh, thanks to our IT department. So thank you, Oliver. <laughs> Everything worked well and everybody was able to connect. So also video conferences worked good. And uh, yeah, so uh, even in the crisis, we were quite lucky because we, we didn't have to have people on site. We could do everything from home and we are quite used to working remotely. We have also some of our team members are in Slovakia, in Russia as well. And more or less all over the globe. So we are kind of used to uh, rem remotely working, not only internally, but also with our customers in, in more than 20 countries in the world. So yeah, so we couldn't visit them. That was sad. Uh, and we couldn't visit the stores as well to see how everything is going, uh, because you should just go there if you need to. Uh, but in the end, uh, it kind of worked out well. And now we are very good on recovery at the moment in Austria. So. Uh, Everyone is a bit afraid uh, about a second wave. I think it will be the same about in Canada. I can't just imagine. Um, but yes, we're very hopeful. Everything is open now. So almost all restrictions got lifted except the one meter distance we have to keep in Austria. Uh, and we hope that it will stay there. <laughs> That's that's great, and, and and so when you talk about you know you have a lot of your projects and initiatives still going on with the telcos, did you find any of the telcos were accelerating some of your projects as a result of this, or have they just stayed the course with with what was important to them? So as most of our projects are quite big ones, like introducing a new point of sale system, uh, so this uh, fortunately kept on were kept on track. Uh, but we have uh, right, quite recently launched some new products like our self-service and our welcome and queue management system. Uh, and with those, uh, I see, of course, a lot of more requests coming in right now. Uh, there was one project already running. It 
we didn't have the chance to accelerate it, unfortunately. It, it would have made a lot of sense to, to get this out quite even earlier, but uh, unfortunately it wasn't possible. Uh, but we, we saw a lot of more attention on, on these products right now because of COVID-19. Yeah. And so maybe maybe we're gonna take a different perspective. Obviously the projects that are already in, in scope and already being built on, it's tough to, to push them through even faster, but where you're at early stages with some of your customers on kind of aligning on, hey, here's a here's a project that we want to get done. Was that accelerated to, yeah, let's get this done and, and get working on it? Uh, in, in some perspective, yes. Uh, but I have to say, uh, also our customers were struggling with COVID-19. So all of them had to go to the home office. And uh, yeah, it was and still is for some of them a really tough time. Uh, so not in every country we have the luxury to, as, as I'm now in office, uh, others still have to work from home. Uh, so it's it's quite difficult. But I see a lot of interest in moving forward with those projects. Uh, uh, but we are planning quite long term. So uh, we are quite deeply integrated into our client systems. So it takes some time for analysis as well. And yeah, unfortunately, it's it's nothing we could do from today to tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Valid point. And so, uh, you know, how do you recommend telcos approach this crisis? And, and what are the things you'd recommend them to focus on as they get out of it? Yeah, so first of all, in the beginning of the crisis, uh, most of the actions they had to take were kind of dictated by government or, uh, or common sense, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so like, like building acrylic walls, uh, sanitizing your hands, uh, keeping a distance to the customers. But of course, this is all very short term. So uh, what telcos should do right now is uh, think a little bit more long term. So what would be the next steps for them to do to ensure, let's say, safe shopping uh, again in the stores? So uh, in most countries, uh, from the customers I know, uh, the telecom industry was declared a critical infrastructure. So also a lot of shops uh, still stayed open during the crisis. So there were on the same level as, as doing groceries and having uh, the things to eat in the evening <laughs> ready. <laughs> like, so uh, it's also a, a critical need to have a, a working phone and a working internet connection. So uh, that, that puts them in, in, in quite a tough spot. And also they have to make sure that it's safe to visit the stores. And what we see now on the long term and what we would recommend uh, we would like to, to cut these this peak hours of, of, of shops because you have crowded shops. In 2019, it was quite fine to have a crowded shop. I, as a customer, never <laughs> uh, like a crowded shop because uh, I want to go there and be served right away. Uh, but it, at least it, it didn't look dangerous. If you see now a picture of a, of a crowded store, you would say uh, something is wrong there. Yeah, <laughs> That doesn't look safe to me. Uh, so yeah, kind of. Uh, I I hope uh, telcos will invest a little bit more in in uh, channeling their store traffic. So uh, flattening these peaks of, of of high capacity store hours where a lot of people are coming, like in the evening, and uh, and and trying to introduce methods uh, to to ensure that people are uh, that this this curve is being kind of flattened, <laughs> and and the store capacity is better met. Exactly. And, and so what would be, what, what's your recommendation on doing that? Do, does NTS have products and or services that can help with, with some of that? Sure, yes. Uh, we introduced our NTS Welcome Manager 
like three years ago and last year on NRF we added some additions so like a self queue in terminal so that you don't have to have a personal interaction because our uh, NTS welcome manager as we call it uh, takes quite a different approach and uh, a more customer centric approach I would like to say uh, because our initial idea was um, you know this uh, queuing system where you pick a number you have to, to look at the screen when it's your turn so it's it, it's it's quite cumbersome and uh, I'm I'm not feeling like a VIP customer if I have to pick a number and and have all the responsibility to not miss my spot and actually I can't leave the store even so uh, of course of course uh, some of our customers said yeah that's good because people should look at the products we have there in the store but I as a customer I don't want to wait in the store if I have a problem for example with my phone and uh, this needs to be fixed uh, it doesn't make sense for me to wait in the store. Uh, I have maybe some other errands around. And, and that was the idea for our, let's say, kind of different approach of our queuing system, where we would say, uh, let, let the customer leave the store, send them a test message if, if, it's your, if it's their turn, so they can do some errands around. Uh, and benefit now for COVID-19, you don't have a crowded store. <laughs> so it makes sense. Yeah. That's uh, that's incredible. And so, any examples where telcos are are using either uh, using the welcome manager successfully? Yeah, sure. So, uh, our first customer using this new product, the welcome manager, was a telco operator here in Austria. Uh, and I just talked to uh, the project manager and uh, the head of own branded retail uh, uh, yesterday, and asked them, "So, how was COVID for you? What, what was what was the measures you have taken?" So, of course, the ones we already know wearing masks and so further and so on. Uh, but I was very happy to hear they also used our NTS welcome manager during the crisis. I was expecting, because they have both uh, solutions in place, the one where you can uh, queue in via a kiosk, so unattended without the human interaction. And on the other hand, uh, they have also the option to do this with a real person. So uh, you are approached by a store employee who welcomes you, who asks you why you're here, what they can do for you. And I was assuming uh, they must be choosing the kiosk so because there is no human interaction. But, but I was wrong and, and now I understand why they, they've chosen uh, to have the human welcome manager. Uh, they said uh, they want to also pick up the customer on an on a emotional level. Uh, so we are in a crisis and, and people don't want to bother clicking on a machine that they want to have a human interaction, of course, with all the security standards that have to be met. Uh, but it made sense for them, they told me. So they were quite happy that our system was so flexible to, to have both options. So also the, the human interaction and also the kiosk if, if needed. That's incredible. And, and it, it goes back to that whole thought of, of really wanting that local one-to-one -one interaction with, you know, with your person, your store, and, and the customer. So it's, it's cool that that's kind of where it's gone. Old habits are probably tough to to break where where humans are looking for that that human interaction versus just the kiosk where you can check in uh, virtually. So that's neat. You know how how has the pandemic influenced your product strategy and go to market? So our product strategy, uh, I'm very happy that we did even before COVID nineteen uh, had some newer products on the line already. So like uh, as we mentioned before, the NTS Welcome Manager our queuing solution as well as the self-service. Uh, so uh, what we did in kind of strategy, of course, we were we are now promoting more those uh, those solutions because it also, as we heard before, 
with the one customer in Austria, for them it made sense to have the human interaction. Other customers tell me, no, we want to avoid all this human interaction. Let's put more focus on, uh, on self-service kiosks where we can do some simple operations and we don't to have to have a human interaction. So uh, yeah, we see uh, uh, even before COVID-19, a uh, big need for this kiosk uh, for these kiosks in the retail sector. I personally am a big fan of, of human interaction. So uh, I love it to go to a store and, and have a conversation with a skilled employee. But on the other hand, if I would have to wait for this for, for like 15, 20 or 30 minutes, uh, I also tend to have for some quick uh, things I need, uh, I would also love to go to a kiosk and have it done there. So. Uh, it's it's kind of the the right mixture you have to provide in a, in a modern retail store. So on the one hand, providing this, of course, needed personal in interaction with people, and on the other hand, uh, moving away these cumbersome processes uh, that only take up a lot of time for both sides, not only the employee but also me as if I'm imagining I'm a customer. Uh, I want to have some some of the things done very quickly and for some of those things I don't need a human interaction or a, a store employee to solve it for me. I can do it myself. For sure. And that's that's a good point. Just want to double back on it. Um, you, you spoke about demoing Welcome Manager at NRF. One of the other products you demoed at NRF was Sim Dispenser, um, which seems like a fairly timely solution for, for this day and age. Can you talk a bit more about what Sim Dispenser is and, and why you think it's it's so relevant today? Yes, we showed our newest solution, the NTS self-service with an extension where you can also directly buy a SIM card on a kiosk. So uh, this is a product that absolutely makes sense in uh, like an airport or in front of stores if the store is not open. If I'm a tourist, I would need quickly a SIM card. So uh, maybe I don't even speak the language that they are talking there. So the country that I'm visiting. So it's it's, it's quite easy to to have difficult languages available on such a kiosk. Uh, but this comes also with a very, very, with a lot of problems. If it wouldn't be that easy, a lot of <laughs> companies would offer it, uh, at least. Uh, and I believe that's not the, the big difference between uh, Canada and, and Austria. We have quite strict laws uh, how and whom we can give a SIM card and what information we would need from that person. Uh, so we need to identify the person and that gets quite tricky on a, on a kiosk, as you might imagine. So in a store, there is an employee, employee, he can look, he or she can look at my passport or my ID card and say, yeah, that's, that's Gerd. Yeah, I, I'm sure uh, or quite sure. But for a kiosk, it's quite harder to do if I'm, the, uh, if I'm Gerd standing in front of the kiosk. And uh, yeah, we have to comply to a lot of laws. Uh, uh, kind of terrorism law, uh, anti-terrorism law that uh, wouldn't allow us to give away a SIM card to like anyone without identifying the person. So that was the tricky part about the product. And we are still, to be honest, in the certification process, uh, hoping, fingers crossed, that we, <laughs> that we get through it because that's a new way of, of uh, issuing SIM cards, at least here in Europe. So you have some ident... Uh, procedures that are already allowed uh, by law. So like having video ident, but you still have a real person on the other end looking at your ID card and verifying that you are you. <laughs> and uh, yes, doing this, this uh, in a fully autonomous manner on a kiosk is quite new. 
And uh, yeah, we work together with some very good companies um, providing us facial recognition uh, algorithms uh, and also uh, scanning of passports with a quality where you can really match the the picture on the ID card with the person standing in front of it. Also with life checks, is is Gerd not just holding a picture of him in front of the camera? Is it really Gerd? Is he alive? Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of challenges we have to to meet here. And yeah, if everything goes well, so again, fingers crossed, uh, we should go live uh, next month with the first product in Germany, uh, actually. So. Let's hope for that. <laughs> that. That's incredible. Whether it's in uh, more postpaid dominant countries or even in some of the uh, developing countries, I, it's a it's an incredible idea where you have that sim dispenser in airports and different parts of the world. It's it's a really cool idea. Thanks for that. Yeah. So we hope at least. <laughs> <laughs> Self serve products are a clear way of creating value for customers. What other value creating trends do you have your eyes on for telco retail? So uh, of course, telco retail is a is a very tough uh, industry sector because they have the hardest job. They have to sell something you cannot touch, you cannot feel, uh, because most of them are selling a plan. So for your mobile, so it made sense for them to to add mobile phones <laughs> to sell together, and uh, yeah. So we are just looking at ways. Uh, what else could it be that that our customers are needing right now uh, to to give more value uh, to the stores that they are already providing. Uh, and and what software, because we're a software company, they would need yeah. to better <laughs> do their job. Yeah. So uh, we are very closely looking and having also product launched uh, in the direction of assisting the employees uh, with uh, the consultation. So uh, it's called the sales, uh, sales assistant. And this sales assistant allows the employee uh, to have the whole product catalog uh, at his hand, do some combinations, and yeah, it can get quite difficult to to, to find the right plan. So there are a lot of variations of, of possibilities I can put together uh, to to just simply have a, a, a working plan uh, and do my phone calls and have my data and so further and so on. And if if I'm not a very tech, if, if people are not very technical, it can get quite difficult to find the the right combination. And we, we are trying to assist our our telco customers in assisting their end customers finding the right choice so what they really need so this is also part we are we are looking quite closely but not only so now with covid-19 we see also um, the need for better integrated and real omnichannel processes so that's that's still lacking in some points uh, as we see omnichannel we, we talked about it years ago and and we would assume it's already here but uh, if you look closely, it's not. So you still have these issues uh, of uh, buying something online and trying it to return online. So a lot of our customers do a great job, so no question. But uh, we also see some of them having still issues with, with uh, that simple omni-channel processes. And customers don't, don't think in channels. So uh, they, they don't differentiate where they bought it. So it's, it's, it's one brand they are interacting with and uh, they are imagining it, it, it should work on any channel, what I'm needing now. So this is also where we try to assist with our products and uh, are trying to encourage as well uh, our customers to invest more in these seamless customer journeys and not trying to differentiate too much between the channels. And that's also what we see as we have quite close relations to our customers. Uh, we see also some internals so, so that 
few years ago, the online department was its own department. It was quite separated. And they are moving away from this, this strict, uh, uh, yeah, st strict borders between, uh, between departments and, and having more the customer-centric way of looking at things and, and providing real omnichannel in the end. And it's a valid point. I think, you know, whether it's call it retail or channels, customers, as you said, don't, they see all different points of transactions as retail or that front line. And it's it, whether it's, it's digital, whether it's, you know, somebody work from home or call center rep reaching out to them and or true bricks and mortar retail. So it's, it is critical to have that seamless transition between those, those different channels to ensure that the customer is happy with the service and truly sees the operator as, as one regardless of channel. So it's a, that's a great point. Absolutely. Yeah. Are there other, do you think there's other retail or frontline sectors that telco could learn from? And if so, why? Sure. Yeah. So I believe telco retail as itself is, is uh, quite an early adopter of a lot of technologies. So, um, we're working very closely, for example, with uh, our guys from Swisscom, Switzerland. They are the ones who are heavily investing in new ideas, trying them out and, and, and bringing something new to the retail sector. So I believe in some ways it's the other way around where other sectors are learning from telco retail. But on the other hand, uh, I do also see the option uh, for, for telcos to learn uh, from others because uh, as I mentioned before, they are, uh, as they are promoting their products, this can get quite complicated. So when I think about uh, Netflix, Disney Plus, uh, and, and so on, this is quite a simple product. So I have uh, three choices to make. So what is the bandwidth or the, the, the quality, image quality I would need? Uh, that's about it. And uh, they've, they've done a lot of work in simplifying those processes or their plans, uh, let's say. Um, but uh, there's still a way to go, I think, because it can get quite tough to, to choose the right plan. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm hoping for, that uh, telco operators are also learning from other industries, <laughs> having a simple product to sell. That's, so you touched on Swisscom. What, what are some of the innovative things that they're doing that others should emulate, whether in telco or outside of telco? Yeah, sure. So uh, for example, Swisscom introduced a, a very open store concept uh, it's more than five or six years ago. So it were, they were one of the first who did so. So they removed all these, these counters where uh, stuff could hide behind it. I, I always say they hide <laughs> behind the counter. Yeah. Uh, but I also understand our customers. I had very long talks with, with, with shop employees and, and they told me, yeah, uh, it's often it's, it's, it's quite comfortable to have a, a bit of distance to the customer, a really physical distance. Uh, now, when we think about COVID-19, of course, uh, it would make sense to have this distance, but this distance also creates uh, a distance between, between two people who should work together on a solution that uh, the customer is willing to buy at the end. Uh, and removing those distances and removing those counters from the store was one of the first things that, that Swisscom did. And they did a really, really nice design and, and changed a lot of internal processes. So uh, also this, they also did the first prototype of, of this welcoming that, that, uh, that we also adopted now and, and, and moved further and, and also made it available to other customers. So this, this initial idea was actually from, from Swisscom. And uh, so we are, we are profiting in, in both ways, I think. So 
uh, they have a lot of good ideas. We have some of, of some yeah. good ideas at <laughs> least, hopefully. <laughs> and yeah, we are, it's it's a learning curve. Yeah. And that's where some of the best ideas come from is when you're truly collaborating and, and working as partners with your customer and the, and the organization that, that they're working with. That's cool. And I think that, that kind of ties into the next part around leadership. Um, you know, you, you spoke about the, the conversation you'd have with the, the shop, shop folks or head office folks at, at Swisscom. Um, how do you make sure your team of researchers, product owners and product managers are building products with the end customer in mind? Yeah, that's the toughest part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so uh, at least we try it. Um, we try to be as close as possible with the end customer uh, and uh, not not only talking to the business of, of our telco operators. So uh, we try to reach out uh, to the shop employees. We try to reach out to the customer if he's involved in the process and interacting with our software in some way. And uh, I believe that's the only way to create a software that, that's really accepted then on the one hand by the shop staff and on the other hand also by the employee who must use it in um, both of them must yeah. use it yeah, in some way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, have them on board. So uh, we've learned that we, we did uh, over 350 telco projects so far uh, in, uh, in the last 23 years. So we learned a lot on, during this time. And what we saw is uh, not only discuss with business, uh, try to get the, the shop folks on board as well, try to get the customer on board as well. And, and yeah, do your research. So uh, really build your prototype, uh, test it in the store, uh, ask the shop staff, can you work with this one? Uh, what should we change? What's working good? What's working not good? And also ask the employee, uh, sorry, the, the customer in the end. Uh, so is it a solution you are willing to use? For example, the welcome manager. We did a lot of interviews from customers. They've just used it. They've never seen this system. And you, you get a, you get kind of blind if you're just only working on, on this solution. And, and you, you need the, the, re the feedback from the real world in, in some place. And, uh, and my suggestion is always get it uh, from the people who use it in the end and be as much uh, as, as close as possible to the customer. Even if it sounds wrong now with COVID nineteen, to be yeah. <laughs> so, do you guys have a formal? Does does NTS have a formal process to to get the feedback from you know your customers, customers, the front line from from any of the telcos or operators you work with? What is what is the process to get that? on so in early stages uh, when we and we also have to differentiate between creating a new product and and. Um, setting a product into place that's already been there. So when we're talking about new products, that we new ideas we are thinking about, our process is quite clear. So we have our own team working on this uh, on this process. They, they Mostly they have the idea or they refine it with the customer. And then they will build a very, very uh, lo-fi prototype. And uh, with this very lo-fi prototype, we already do the first test. We go out in the field uh, first internally in-house, so getting the feedback directly. And the next step is going outside, going to the to the shop employees. And that's what we, we are very glad. Uh, we have very good relations to our existing customers, some of them quite long-term. So our uh, A1 in Austria, that's the former state-owned telecom operator, this was the, for our first customer. And, and, and we are still working with them. And, 
And you can imagine over 23 years, you know a lot of people in that company. So we have the, the great uh, chance to, to have a, a lot of people at call and, and I, can, I, can, I can go over to the store and say, hey, I have a new idea. Can we, can we check it out? Can I talk to some of your shop employees uh, and get some feedback from them? So that, that's really a good thing to have such good relations with our customers. And, and I think we, we profit both with, with this process. And uh, yeah, so after having this prototype test in, in the store, we are kind of emerging. So building the next step, having more hi-fi <laughs> prototypes and uh, still always verifying. So uh, we do this in kind of with, um, uh, with interviews from experts like shop staff. Uh, but also uh, with uh, giving out uh, some uh, questionnaire to to the to the to the customers' customer, so to the end customer. Uh, but mostly because customers don't have time to to fill out any piece of paper if they're exiting a store. You might know this, of course. Uh, so what we do is exit interviews and 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 oh. getting a quick feedback. Um, yeah. So that's the process for new products. And for existing products, mainly we are talking to the business now uh, and always urging our customers, let us talk to the shop guys, show them the solution we have, let's get the feedback as early as possible. So in the project we did, uh, there, is, there is of course the user acceptance test and it's quite late in, in the, the usual process of a project. And uh, we are trying to get them on board quite early and having this feedback early, it's, uh, it's for, the, for the benefit of all. That's cool. And so you, you touched on getting the business on your side, like the sales and marketing teams. How, is there anything else that you do to, to get, you know, the engineering customer team, sales and marketing aligned on, on your vision for a new product or even the evolution of an existing product? Yeah. It's the same uh, as we do with our customers. We are trying to, to get them on board quite early. Uh, so in the past, we have learned uh, it's, it's not a good idea to develop a new product like behind closed doors and showing it to nobody. <laughs> and, and then big bang, here it is. And, yeah. <laughs> and then you are flooded with feedback. So, <laughs> so we are doing, for example, we have an all hands meeting like uh, monthly. And if new product ideas arises, uh, we are trying to get everyone on board. So, and, and showing to them what we are doing and working on right now. And uh, that worked quite well for us. And uh, so, so that's, that's the first touch point uh, where everyone in the company can see what we are working on. Uh, and then we go into close uh, communication with some of the people who are more interested or have some feedback. So we are always happy to get feedback also internally. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the process, the, the, the monthly, all hands and from there we take it in separate meetings and then showing it and getting feedback and yeah so that's that's kind of the process we're working on what advice would you give a, a telco retailer in the process of recovering from from the lockdown yeah first of all uh i would urge them to have in mind uh what will come next so will we hit by a second wave uh, how can he prepare best Telco operators now didn't have the chance to prepare, so they, they were just reacting. And now they have the chance to proactively change the processes, uh, reschedule some important projects they are already working on, uh, move them more into the omnichannel sector, pro providing a more seamless customer journey, uh, 
and of course being prepared for a, a more let's say from a technological point of view assisted selling in the end uh, because i think that will help a lot help a lot and uh, and will help them also to recover from this crisis makes sense um so last question where can our listeners find you if they if they want to connect yeah for sure uh, they can find us uh, ntsretail.com slash startflow so we created <laughs> our own redirect uh, with the reference to your company as well awesome so Derek they can find also uh, some papers we've written so far some case studies uh, and also of course my contact information so we'll be very happy to get in touch thanks for uh, thanks for joining us today this is uh, this is very insightful to understand you know what NTS is working on uh, how you're supporting your customers across uh, across the world globally with uh, within 23 different countries. So it's been a been a delight to to hear a little bit more about NTS Retail. Uh, Scott, this was my pleasure. Thanks very much for the invite. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, all the best to you and Startflow as well. As always, thanks for tuning in. If you're a fan of One to One, be sure to give us a five star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Catch you next time.